Ohai. Welcome to the second season of the Decolonizing Medicine podcast. We release episodes every full moon, so roughly once a month. This episode, we are going to be interviewing Clorinda Tivoli. Clorinda is the founder of the matriarchal business and course educator of the new decolonizing business unit at the Matriarchal Business University. Clorinda is a child of Oceania, an Itauke and Samoan woman and mother born in Tamaki Makoro, Aotearoa, now living in the occupied kingdom of Hawaii. Moved by the liveliness of Pacifica indigenous revival, Clorinda grows and evolves her personal business model and teachings from cultural wisdom about health, abundance, and sustainability. Returning to the values and practices of many indigenous cultures in regards to land, economics, society, and politics, Clorinda works actively to separate capitalism and colonialism from business and has faith that this is being done in the growing, thriving collective movement to decolonize business. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Jamie Panetta. I use he, him pronouns, and I am a queer, non-binary trans person, and my ancestors are Tagalog and Chinoy. I am also a practitioner of Hilot and Chinese medicine. I practice in person at Fruit Camp in Baltimore, Maryland, as well as virtually. Now, let's get on with our show. of you to join us today. I am so excited to talk with you. Um, so for folks who don't know, I worked with Clorinda in the past through matriarchal business, and I'm so inspired by her work, and I'm so excited that she's here to talk with us today. Uh, one of the things that really inspired me to reach out to her is because um, in Hilot, which is traditional Filipino medicine, one of the ways that we think about health is financial health. And, you know, pre-capitalism, this would have been like the health of our resources, our relationship to abundance. Um, And this is so much a part of what Clorinda does for work, but also just so much a part of how she navigates the world. Um, So I just wanted to talk with her and share some of her views with everyone. So how are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Jamie. I'm really, um, yeah, quite honored to be invited to speak on your podcast. This is exciting. So my first question for you is, um, well, you are not a healthcare practitioner, but your work often attracts folks who do healing work. So what is it like working with healers on their businesses? Um, I'm one of those people. I also know that the other folks who are in my cohort were also among that group of people. So, yeah, I am curious about that. That is such a good question. Um, I feel like there's a few different layers to that. I'm curious. I have my theories about that. But you're a healthcare practitioner. And you were drawn to the work. So 
what do you think that is? Because it, I, there have been, healthcare practitioners have always been attracted to the work, whether in, you know, there's been this kind of more recent iteration of my work um, over the past maybe three to four years, which has been very much um, um, consciously, intentionally rooted in um, indigenous matriarchal um, kind of uh, frameworks and um, in within decolonizing frameworks. Um, and, you know, there have certainly been healthcare practitioners attracted to the work in this iteration, but it's always been that way. So in, for, you know, those listening who uh, aren't um, familiar with uh, my work in my previous, I'll say my past life career of sorts, um, you know, being a, a, a speaker trainer and working with platform sales speakers, I was also then still attracting a lot of healthcare practitioners. And I can't, I, I don't know that I can necessarily answer exactly why that is. I have a theory. But what what do you think that is? Because you are one of those people. <laughs> so I heard about your work through my buddy Jules, who heard about okay. your work okay. just being local to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. And, uh, oh, my dog is dreaming right now. <laughs> She's like making dream sounds Aww. in the background. Um, <laughs> dream sounds. Dream sounds, yeah. Um, who knows what she's chasing. So I, I was attracted to your work because for me, doing healing work is so much of a calling around um, healing wounds from calling colonization for myself and for my community, wounds from patriarchy, wounds from, um, you know, capitalism, all these other kinds of isms that are all interconnected. So it was important for me to figure out how to run a practice within the context of living in a capitalist society in a way that didn't harm me too, and didn't harm the people Ooh. that I was um, wanting to reach out to and mm. it's more than just do no harm right like the, it's like mm. yeah we want to to do more than that we want to actually have mm. abundance for ourselves have ease have joy and so that was um very apparent in in the um the values that your your content was projecting um, cause I had followed you for a little bit on, on social media before I reached out to you to set up a, a consultation, um, and eventually join one of the cohorts. So for, yeah, like for me, it was like, I have to have those values integrated into every part of my practice. Every part mm. of my practice has a potential to be medicine to myself and therefore also medicine mm. to my community. So for me, it was very intentional. Um, and also I'm like, I, I don't really, I don't really like partnering with a lot of white folks because it's, it's really, it's, it takes a lot of energy to just work with good intentions mm. and nice people. It's like, those are all nice things, but I'm not looking for nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hear it. Yeah, not looking for nice and you're not just looking to do no harm. I really hear that. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of, um, yeah, you're, you're answering the question, I think. <laughs> because it's not for me it's for me it's theory I mean I don't know I don't know that I necessarily asked that question over you know that's the very I just I think that's such a beautiful question to ask. because yeah you you're right there are a lot of healthcare practitioners who come to the work it's attractive it has always been attractive to healers okay so my theory is um well I, I think one of them is I, well, I, I think it's very much in line with what you've said. Even before the work was um, more intentionally, um, uh, you know, based in kind of decolonizing framework, it was always about um, uh, healing through story. You know, story was such a big part of it. It was about, you know, becoming, even though it was about, you know, quote unquote, platform sales speaking the way that I talked about it which made it so unique in a very um, scripted orchestrated do this sales script and that will bring x amount of you know you'll convert this amount and here's the formula and you know the the work that I brought that was kind of this breath of fresh air in the industry was um, no, you don't need any of that and you can actually be yourself and you can actually stand up and tell your story and, you know, use your voice um, in your unique way. You do not need a script. Um, yeah, get up and tell your story and that in, in and of itself is such a healing process to do for yourself. So even to prepare for that, to be ready to share a message, to be able to quote unquote, market yourself or market, you know, a, a product or a business or concept or whatever, whatever it is that you're wanting to move people on or with, um, you, there, there needs to be some element of, of, of healing or of, of um, evolution, whether they're conscious about it or not, you know, um, I've often had folks over the years um become um I'm not sure if blocked is the word stuck um in this they would think they would see the path forward and go oh, okay I just need to do this I just need to craft you know unpack my story follow Clorinda's process answer these questions everything will come out and then I can kind of put it in this kind of order and present it to people and then all kinds of hidden unconscious obstacles internal conflicts would arise and all of a sudden they're either completely stopping what they're doing or they're pivoting or, or you know um so it was always trans the work was always transformational it was always a healing journey of some kind whether people were prepared or whether I advertised it as, as that um it, you know that kind of transformation happens regardless so, and then, you know, and then even more so in, in recent years. So I, I think healers are more, uh, I don't know, maybe perhaps more equipped um, to take on that process, um, are 
have an awareness of their own healing journey and what is required to be able to be vulnerable, to be emotionally um, um, available and intelligent and aware. Um, yeah, it's it, it's quite a skill to be able to 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 tell your story, to be vulnerable, and to heal in public. So, so I think there's that element. I think the other element, the other part of my theory, is that um, I have I have healers in my lineage, and I do believe that there is a um, a, a strong resonance there. I think you know my my mum's mum's mum, my granny Marla was a Samoan Tolosea, a Samoan healer. Um, and that's the one in my immediate kind of family that I'm knowledgeable of, but I know that it is in the the bloodlines and certainly in the hands and, you know, continues my mom and my nana and even us, us girls, me and my sisters, we're good with our hands. We're good with, we can, you know, kind of the things you take for granted, um, but, you know, realize meeting other people, oh, not everybody is intuitive with their hands. What's with that? Um, but yeah, we, you know, as a family, like we can, you know, we can easily tend to feet calves, you know, get out knots, you know, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, there's definitely healing in, in the blood. And I know for me, at least, increasingly so, I'm becoming aware that the work that I'm doing um, is my own healing out loud as they say, you know, my own healing in public, my own, I, I say this a lot now that why I'm so passionate about the work now is because it's me advocating for um, a younger me who um, was um, victim to um, a very um, abusive I was going to say unethical, but it's 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 more than that. It's it's you know intentionally harmful, violent um, business um, practice and business norms that is you know it's normalized. Um, been privy to non-consensual sales and marketing practice, and just just normalized. Um, uh, don't want to say relationship building because it's not even that it's just interactions um in business that are that are very um, cold and transactional and um you know it's just business is personal um and you know some very real trauma that i've you know experienced in in, in business being stolen from and having very racist and sexist and ageist attacks and power dynamics not in my favor um uh yeah in business so I'm so so now I'm really advocating for for, for little me you know in a, in a big way and it just so happens that um a lot of folks are behind that you know they also want to protect little me and the little thems too you know um and the and the little you know our our, our future our, our next generations of yeah of, of folks in business so um yeah multi-layered that's such a great question 
I, I nobody has asked me that. I'm so surprised was, that no one's yeah. asked you that because it like yeah, no. everyone in my cohort was some kind of healing practitioner. And then I remember mm. we did a showcase back in December right. 2020. Was that December 2020 or something like that? I think so. Um, and uh, almost everyone there was also a healer. Right. And it's, right. yeah, it's fascinating. I've been in other business groups um, that are also anti-capitalist and have more an, an, of analysis around like social justice and things like that. And mm. they have healers in their group, but then they also have a lot of other um, professions mm. represented, like people who do some kind of manufacturing or other kinds of services. And it just mm -hmm. was so, it was just like so clear to me that you're attracting a certain type of um, calling yeah. to your work. Yeah, because I don't, I don't speak specifically to healers. At least I don't think that I do. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I really feel like, no, this is work that applies to, you know, I, and, and I've, I've worked with a lot of, it's not, I, it's not that I've only worked with healers, but it's just majority. So I have worked with a lot of different folks in, you know, different services and selling different products, but yeah, it just seems to be so focused. And I think it's one of those things that um, is read in between the lines. It's a resonance thing. It's a thing that speak. I used to talk about, um, I don't talk about it much anymore, but um, about audience science and the kind of biology of the things, the things unspoken and how we connect with each other without, you know, the, the, the major part of us that is communicate is like over 90% of, of our communication is in this is nonverbal, you know, or not in the words that we're using to communicate. So all of those other things are saying like, I'm a healer, you're a healer, we get it. You know, <laughs> like there's a, there's an alignment there. Yeah. Anyway, super interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, yeah. So I want to circle back to, you mentioned some of the healing work that you have done for yourself and how that has influenced um, your your business work. Do you want to expand on that a little bit and maybe share some of it? Um, you don't have to, by the way, if you don't want to. Yeah, like we definitely do not have time <laughs> <laughs> for the whole. I mean, like I have my journal here. We could go through some entries. Um, um, no, like yeah, it, the the work is definitely um, me advocating for for little me. And so that's sometimes um, uh, I feel like sometimes it's it's difficult for me to discern how much of my personal healing journey I share, um, you know, uh, with in relation to the work because so so much of it is relevant, and I think that that's because in talking about decolonizing business, obviously when we're, it's not just about business, you add decolonizing to that. And that's an entire revolution of, of, of life and systems and the whole way that we operate. Uh, so that means me talking about how that affects uh, me personally in with the um, 
uh, ident intersectional identities that I have as an Indigenous person, as a, someone who has been dis displaced from lands, have, um, uh, you know, experienced a ratio of culture and language and all that kind of thing. Um, so my healing and my growth is relevant to that because it's political, because unfortunately it just is. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of why I've, like lately I'm sharing a ton of sailing videos. I was just going to ask you to bring yeah, that up. Yeah, like, Let's talk about your sailing. Yeah, because, yeah, that, that's definitely a part of it. Because I'm like, how much of this do I really, it's, it's kind of a very personal thing that I'm, you know, enjoying right now. But it is really freaking liber liberatory. And I've had people tell me too, they're like, your sailing videos are the best thing, like the, the thing that I love most on the internet right now. <laughs> and I think that that's just because people, you know, folks right now are really enjoying being with, we're, we're enjoying seeing each other's liberation in whatever iteration of manifestation that's coming in. And that's just a real point of pleasure for me right now. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly. I, I get compersion watching you sail. Yay! <laughs> I'm nowhere I near the Pacific that. Ocean right now, which makes me sad. Um, I love the Pacific Ocean, mm -hmm. but yeah, mm -hmm. like I think there is something um, like ancestral, at least for me, that like tugs to be like, oh, oh yeah, we are of the water, of this specific water. Yes. Even though yes. I have no idea how to sail, it's still yep. like there's some, there's like an element of it that's that calls. Yeah. 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 No, and it's so weird. It's not something that necessarily called, like, the the art, the actual doing, the practice of sailing was not something that ever called to me, but it was the ocean that did before I actually got into any sailing. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird how it how it came about. It was one of those circumstances where it, it, it was the ancestors brought it to me. I was not looking for sailing. There was just a certain opportunity that kind of popped up and I was like, well, okay, why not? I'll learn. And I did. And now it's just a whole lifestyle. Um, yeah, but it's, um, um, how do I even put into words <laughs> what it is for me? Um, you might not be able to. I mean, yeah, it's there. There is something about just from the outside witnessing um, a Pacific Islander, a brown woman, uh, mm -hmm. go out in the ocean and just have pleasure. Mm, like yeah. you don't do it for anybody yes. but yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I um something that that sticks out to me when I'm out there as well. Well, you know, usually I'm just out there and I'm, I'm just in my zone. Um, and then every now and then I get kind of woken up to the fact that, holy shit, like I'm taking up space out here where when I look around, the only other people who are taking space out here are people who have access to it, which are white folks. Um, so yeah, that always kind of interrupts my <laughs> my joy, my zone out there when I realize um, 
how political it is that um, just me um, being out there, um, how liberatory, I guess, liberatory to be out there. Um, where I sail, one of the places that I sail that I have um, easy access to is Pu'uloa, which is known as Pearl Harbor, um, which is um, both beautiful and horrid um, because of its history. Um, very, very polluted water. You can't, you know, they, there's always signs everywhere about not fishing or not eating the shellfish or anything like that. Um, I think it's the USS Arizona that's in there that leaks like several gallons um, of fuel a day um, and will do so for something like 500 years or something. It's just not going to stop. So, um, and from what I understand, Pu'uloa, um, that area, um, used to be the breadbasket. Um, you know, for um, Hawaiians. And, yeah, now you just cannot fish. Um, but a bunch of white people can sail, you know. Um, a bunch of white folks can enjoy the waters, can enjoy this access. The marina I sail at is called Rainbow Bay Marina. So they're enjoying the, the beautiful view of the rainbows and the, the mountains. And you go out there and, yeah, and almost every time I'm the only one who looks like me out there. Um, so, yeah, what kind of began is just like pure pleasure is also, you know, every now and then I wake up to, like I'm, I'm out there, I'm in the zone, and then, you know, some fighter jets go up overhead or... You know, I look around and there's just, you know, a bunch of very, um, you know, privileged, you know, a boat full of, you know, very privileged young folks who are blasting hip hop, you know, motorboating across the water and their friends on jet ski or on uh, water skis and screaming and you know over waters where there are dead bodies under us you know um it's it's interesting you know it's interesting finding pleasure and joy in a space like that yeah I'm still navigating that one you know like every time I'm out there it every time I capsize um which in the small, so I, I sail a lot of different boats. Um, some of like one person, um, little uh, lasers or, or toppers or El Toros, little one person sailboats where they're very, you know, they're super fun because you do capsize a lot. You, you, you know, you, you fall in the water and then, you know, you flip the boat over, you get back in. Um, but every time I fall in the water, I, I just, I'm, I'm a very, I'm very sensitive. So those things, knowing the history of the place and knowing, you know, the body is in the water and I feel it every time I'm in the water or there's a particular place in the harbour where I cross over that I just, honestly, my boat starts to just make noises in places it doesn't usually or, you know, and I just, I just, I sense things. Um, 
song. Anyway, it's a yeah. It literally sounds like you're you're sailing between worlds that you're navigating yeah. a lot of liminal space. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so still, you know, still navigating that one. Um, but it's not it's it's not something that I want to block out in any way. You know, I don't want to be out there and like, no, I'm just going to enjoy myself. No, I think that's that's the deeper that's the deeper work, right? To be conscious of all of that and to still find liberation. Yeah. The knowledge of all of that, you know, I, I don't know. I'm still figuring that one out. It sounds like the, the difference is mm -hmm. like using pleasure as a distraction or using it as a connection um, to mm. something much deeper, which, you know, like mm. pleasure as a distraction is not necessarily a bad thing. Like we all need right? that sometimes, yes. but um, mm. yeah, like I'm just, I'm just hearing like your story about this is I'm seeing pleasure being, um, it's like a gateway mm. to a lot of different um, perceptions mm -hmm. if you want to go there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a rich journey. To, this is a little bit of a segue, but each episode we do a community shout out to folks, um, folks of the global majority, aka BIPOC, to get them some visibility and redistribute resources to, and I want to know who you want to shout out. Mm, yes, um, this is, this. Um, everybody, everybody in the community. <laughs> Um, everyone but, gets um, resources <laughs> everybody right that's the ideal that's what we want um but i um I'm, i'll go ahead and shout out um timaima um clausen or, or tima yeah with a friend of mine who i met in fijian language class and also Bakaviti classes and um she came she lives in utah she visited me a few weeks ago um and got to talking about her work. She's actually going to be doing the, um, um, participating in the Matriarchal Business University, um, but the decolonizing business unit coming up in the fall. And she um, has just started um, a nonprofit in, um, in Utah. She's been very involved in a lot of other nonprofits. Um, this nonprofit that she's beginning that she's being mentored to start she, it wasn't necessarily her idea to do it but everyone's been encouraging her to 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 do this um it's a it's a nonprofit um uh focusing on um uh, pacific island uh, women's health um in the utah area shared some really scary stats with me just in general in the states i think it was that out of um uh 
what was it, um, mortality rates for um, for pregnant people in the US, out of 100 of those, 11 are ours, 11 are Pacific Islanders, which was, yeah, pretty shocking to me, considering we're, we're much less, we're a much smaller amount of the population in the US. Um, so her work um, caters to um, uh, pregnant, uh, uh, pregnant women, pregnant folks, and just women's health in general um, in the Utah uh, region. And she does a lot of on the ground kind of work, education. And she was really, it was amazing um, learning from her about uh, nonprofits in Utah who so there's a ton of funding by the state um, being made available for quote-unquote Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander, um, uh, you know, causes or nonprofits, and that funding was just going to basically anyone who put that term, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander, in their, you know, proposals for funding, whether or not they were actually doing that work was the questionable thing no. and hence yeah yeah hence she was being mentored like you need to, the funding is there it's going to all the wrong places you need to actually um be a recipient of this funding and do the work because you're already doing the work without the funding um and yeah and looking after undocumented folks in particular um and that whole fear barrier around you know um yeah, the medical system and all of that. So, yeah, she's just, she's super amazing what she's doing and she's just starting. She has something like 20 followers on her IG. So definitely want to prop up Tima. Um, How, uh, her what's her IG, IG handle? Yeah, it's Embrace801. Embrace, E-M-B-R-A-C-E-801. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so her nonprofit is, yeah, looks after Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders. Uh, yeah, women's health. Yeah. So that's Tima. She's Fijian. Yeah, from Boa and Maluata. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned um, the Matriarchal Business University. Would you like to plug that really quickly? Sure, yeah. Um, so right now I have um, a, um, a unit of study um, with decolonizing business as an eight-week unit um, under the Matriarchal Business University, which I envision would have many more units um, through the years as we grow things. Um, but for right now, we just have this kind of 101 decolonizing business unit. Um, it's an eight-week long um, course. Um, yeah, we've got um, folks just about to start in about 10 days. Um, to start our first week through the summer and then we have another fall unit going August through October um, and then we'll likely have some more units come out in 2023 um, but yeah any if anyone wants any information about that um, you can either follow my IG at Clarinda Tositala um, or go to thematriarchalbusiness.com and the best thing to do there is to opt in um, to the um, notification 
email list and then you'll get all of the updates with enrollment and application windows and all of that. I highly recommend if you're listening to check out Clarinda's content. Um, If you run a business or are self-employed, highly, highly recommend. It's a super transformative process. And I would say that um, the, the curriculum doesn't just end at the curriculum because Clarinda, I've appreciated that you've built a whole community network out of um, the folks who are either supporting your work or who have been learning from you uh, by being in your cohort. So I'm still engaged in it, even though it's been over a year since I was actually in one of the classes with you. Um, So that's helpful. Yeah, Yeah, it's not just you do it and then you're dropped. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. super proud that yeah I'm, I'm super proud that we've kind of created that environment and that folks are still coming back for the random discussions that we have or co-working sessions or it's just nice to know that this I think that the space is held even for folks who aren't necessarily around all the time or super present um, every now and then I get messages like thanks you know I see the notifications and I'm just super glad that there's this space because we need to know that we're not we're really not in as much isolation as we think we actually are all experiencing these same you know conflicts and battles of that daily navigation of how we you know when we're doing our books and then thinking of well how we how we still decolonizing within this current uh tax formation of my business (laughs) um so it's a whole thing that we need to it's a it's a practice like yeah. you said, it doesn't end at the curriculum. It's 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 an ongoing practice. So we need to continue to be engaged in it. Before I let you go, do you have any words of wisdom or advice that you would like to share with our listeners? Just oh my gosh, just look or at even questions, questions honestly. <laughs> I no nothing. I don't want to. I no no extra late. Nothing to think about. Nothing to labor <laughs> on. Just we all have enough. Like go and eat some really good food. Like drink, did you drink some water? Go get a glass of water. You know, have you breathed deeply today? Like have you thought about your breath today? Just oh yeah. Just just do the good things. Feel good please look after yourselves oh my goodness we're losing so many good people yeah just stay safe everyone look after yourselves that's it that's my wisdom today (laughs) drink some water be nice to yourself yeah yes yes be kind to yourselves All right. Thank you so much, Clorinda. I'm so happy that we had to, we got to have this conversation. Um, I know we don't get to connect one-on-one all the time because we, we live across so many time zones. But yeah, it's been lovely. Mm. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate your questions, your line of thought, the work that you do, the community work that you do, the commitment to your own development and your own healing and just your practices um I'm, I'm in admiration so thank oh, you so thank much. you <laughs>
my next zine for the five phase series is now complete it is the earth zine i'm releasing it today as of the release of this episode of the decolonizing medicine podcast so that is available for virtual download um, on my website and my next qt bipoc qigong course is going to be this fall um, I highly suggest signing up for my newsletter so that you can get exact dates and sign up information. Again, that is also on my website. That's jamie-panetta-lac.com and jamie is spelled J-A-M-E-E. For those of you who come to see me in person for treatments um, and for in-person services, I wanted to let you all know that I am keeping tabs on what's happening with monkeypox and COVID as far as keeping um, myself safe and keeping my my patients safe. So you'll see some updates around the clinic space. Um, for example, I now have little plastic boxes where people can put their stuff so that I can disinfect around the area a little bit easier. I moved out one of our plushy, um, squishy blue chairs that's covered in fabric so that I can use um, a wooden chair that's a harder sur hard surface that I can more easily disinfect. Um, and there's probably gonna be more updates here and there as we learn more about this disease. Again, be, um, be on my newsletter, check my website regularly for mo more updates on that. Maraming salamat for listening to the Decolonizing Medicine podcast. If you want to support this work via Patreon or to apply to be a guest on the show, go to jamie-panetta-lac.com. Again, Jamie is spelled J-A-M-E-E -E, and my last name, P-I-N-E-D-A. Music is by Amber Ojeda, Head Candy, and Rocky Marciano. Big thanks to Kuan McCann for audio engineering all of these episodes. And I also wanted to do a quick shout out to um, Kuan's latest endeavor, which is on Instagram and it's at Be More Bata. Be More, B-M-O-R-E-B-A-T-A. -E he is starting to teach Irish stick fighting. It's really awesome. It's super queer, super trans. So please go check that out. Last but not least, thank you to all our listeners and supporters out there. Ingat.